welcome to Unsolicited, the podcast that gives fictional characters advice they did not ask for. I'm Emily Blake. And I'm Owen Evans. Today we're going to talk about Barney Stinson from the early 2000s sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Um, Barney's a high-powered pleaser working in the corporate world, and (laughs) he also has a lot of questionable relationships to and with women. Um, We're going to talk about Barney sort of through the lens of feminism. Feminism, of course, is the idea of equality between genders, but I don't know if we're truly talking feminism or maybe just that kind of grossness in the treatment of people we're dating um, or hooking up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because you and I are both straight cisgendered people. And while we probably don't need more of those in the podcasting space, I do think it's nice that we fall on opposite sides of this dating experience for the purpose of this conversation. What's your impression of Barney? What do you think kind of big picture Yeah, so Barney's a a really interesting character because he is presented the majority of the time throughout the show as just this really misogynistic, disrespectful, bro-y dude. And of course, you know, no one really likes to be around that. Um, But you do see at several points throughout the show uh, uh, redeeming moments for him where he does show uh, respect to not not only women but the the, the male friends in, in his life and and so it's it's just it's an interesting really a really cool character arc I I think and of course the stellar acting from Neil Patrick Harris really helps to to bring the character to to life um but uh, yeah nothing Neil Patrick Harris does is ever wrong <laughs> I 100% agree with that um I hope we don't look back on that with chagrin don't screw up <laughs> no patrick harris we're counting on you yeah i know right oh god it's so sad to see so many so many idols from our childhoods just go down very questionable paths and you know so far neil patrick harris seems to be doing all right yeah we're really pulling for him <laughs> um okay so let's talk a little bit about barney's history uh spoiler alert this whole podcast is just assumed <laughs> spoilers yeah in every Don't episode come anywhere near it um in how i met your mother barney's origin story is that as a young man he was a hippie he was going to join the peace corps with the love of his life and this high-powered corporate guy came into the coffee shop where they worked and kind of stole her away And he decided that he was going to make it his life's mission to tear apart his corporate counterpart. (laughs) He decided to do that by joining the man's company and becoming a whistleblower for the organization. So he was part of this big evil corporation. He did a lot of shady stuff. And the whole point of his role, unbeknownst to the rest of the company, was that he was keeping track of everything that they were doing wrong. Throughout the series, anytime someone asks him what his job is, he says, please. And it turns (laughs) out that what he's been doing is just signing paperwork that's too shady for anyone else to sign. But he's not worried about the risk because, yeah, and making a lot of money for it. But he's not worried about the risk because he knows that he's going to turn this corporation over and that he's working with the government. Um, So obviously, uh really interesting dichotomy there of just general scumminess right mixed yeah. with 
Yeah, mixed with this integrity. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You see that di- dichotomy play out uh, at several points throughout the show. Um, and and one of these points that's that's uh, that I love is um, during Marshall and and Lily's uh, two two characters that are are very close friends with with Barney. Wait, can we backtrack for a minute? Yes, because we a hundred percent want to cover that. But first, I I think we need to talk a little bit about the idea that the entire impetus for his career trajectory, his life trajectory, is that he's avenging himself upon this dude who stole his girl so where do we think that falls on the feminist spectrum yeah so so barney barney abuses a lot of women um on this seek for or uh, uh you know a, a journey for uh destruction um of this of this one person that that wronged him um and this well, is some does he do we think that his do we think that his womanizing is in response to the loss of this one girl or intended as you know mm, yeah yeah that's that's it's, it's it's interesting to say and you know it's it's hard to say because we don't really get a full picture of what Barney was like before this this thing happened um which uh, I think would be a great opportunity for a spin-off show person yeah <laughs> let's let's, let's see more about hippie Barney um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's an interesting point because for, for Barney to completely go off the rails in, in the way that he did there, there must've been some kind of deep seated, I don't know, desire to, to, to live this life even before he was wronged. So. Well, and we do know a little bit about his life before this long-term relationship. Like we know that he lost his virginity to an adult woman, like very adult, mature woman. Um, mm-hmm earlier in the show there's there are some references to him being pretty young and you know sleeping around and doing unsavory things um but we don't really see him in relationships or in dating type relationships we only only see glimpses of him in hookup culture Mm -hmm. yeah but he does have a series of long-term relatively stable-ish relationships (laughs) throughout the series stable with asterisks yeah (laughs) yeah not maybe the kind of relationship i would like to be in but you know relationships (laughs) yeah well and and relationships where he certainly was trying his hardest um yes so yeah it's 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 really interesting so ultimately do we think that Barney's career trajectory is a feminist issue, yes or no? Mm. I, you know, I, I, I want to point to yes, um, and, you know, and, and because, you know, just kind of looking at, at the world around us, um, you know, we, we, we see people like Barney everywhere, all, all the time. Um, and for, you know, for, for, for anything to, to, to change I think we have to to look at, at characters like Barney and, and these these kind of pop culture icons and and it exi- really like think deeply about the 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 harm that that comes from from people like him yeah I think you're right I also want to point to yes and I think the deciding factor for me is the possessiveness of his his partner so I don't think someone who doesn't feel they have a right to another person 
would have the strong reaction that Barney had. So mm. that he was willing to totally destroy this other dude's life because he lost his girlfriend. Yes. Um, to me says that he had a really un really inappropriate understanding of how he related to the woman he was dating. Yeah, certainly something that, you know, if if it took place in, in real life might elicit a a, a restraining order or something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and later in the show, for the record, he goes back and finds that girl, discovers that she's a mother, sleeps with her, um, and then just moves on with his life. And he's like, I clearly (laughs) came out ahead here. I'm not a dad, but she's a mom. And And then she told me about her life. She and Greg dated for a while and then split up. But here's the real kicker. Shannon's a mom. She has a little kid named Max. That's crazy. That could have been my kid. But instead, what do I have? My whole life, some money in the bank, some suits in my closet, and a string of one-night stands. Hey, come on. I mean, just because her life went one way and yours went another, doesn't make your life any worse. My life rocks. Money, suits, and sex? These are tears of joy. (laughs) I could be cooped up in some tiny apartment changing some brat's poopy diapers, but instead I'm out in the world being awesome 24-7, 365. You let me dodge a bullet, big guy. Gross. Um, And I have have some thoughts about that. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. How, How does that make you feel? Well, you know, I... I'm not a person who's super certain that I want to have kids. Um, but nonetheless, I respond really strongly when women are judged for wanting parenthood and wanting mm-hmm. to be parents. It's unclear in the show whether this is something she really wanted and chose intentionally or whether this is something that sort of happened to her. We get the impression that she's a single mom, um, but that doesn't say anything about how much she loves or wants to raise her child. Um, and I, I think the response that one of us is coming out ahead because we do or do not have children is problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and then of course, you know, at, at real, towards the end of the show, we, we find Barney with a, a kid that he uh, had either by mistake or, well, I, I think it's pretty, pretty clear it was a mistake, but he does come to form a relationship with the kid, and and you see, you see that as like a, a turning point in in his life, and also his his uh, 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 relationships with with women. All right, so yeah, so we've kind of explored um, Barney's tendency to you know uh, exhibit uh, possessiveness in in his relationship with this girl. Um, and it does kind of play out later in the show. You see um, at a point in the relationship between Lily and Marshall, who are um, two, two of the other main characters, they're engaged. Uh, and Lily calls off the wedding to go on a little soul-searching adventure in San Francisco, um, which, of course, Marshall is completely crushed by, um, caught off guard. And so Barney, being the the good friend that he is, um, sees Marshall in you know not the greatest place and, and wants to take him out and, and give him some exp- some positive experiences and Bernie takes him out takes him out to some different bars around town and and Marshall ends up meeting some women but 
uh, Barney uh, does not let Marshall uh, actually go on dates or, or sleep with any of these women. And we find out later that um, that Barney is kind of uh, sort of a Lily's secret guardian angel in a way um, because Barney is just trying to hold off Marshall from from having any kind of physical uh, intimacy with, with anyone else for as long as possible so that uh, there's enough time for Lily to come back to New York and, and rekindle their relationship. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barney, what are you doing here? I can't believe it's really you. Come in, have a seat. Do you want some tea? I know the apartment's small, but I don't need much space. Let me show you some of my paintings. I think it's some of my best work ever. Just stop it. <laughs> Lily, you have to come home. You and Marshall belong together. The two of you have something that most people search their whole lives for and never find. I know you love him, and if you knew what he was going through right now, you wouldn't be here for one more second. I bought you a ticket home. Marshall is one of the best people I know, and it won't be long until someone else realizes that, and you'll lose him forever. I can't stand the thought of that happening, and I cannot keep stealing chicks from him forever. <laughs> never, ever tell anyone I was here. I will deny it tooth and nail. This trip never happened. Hey, if you had three hours to kill before your flight, what would you do, Alcatraz or Fisherman's Wharf? Um, so that, that sense of, of possessiveness... Um, is is there not only in Barney's uh, own relationships, but but in um, in his relationships with his friends as well, and um, whether this is uh, you know a, a positive thing or a negative thing, you know it's it's who who can really say? But there is a point later in the series when Robin, another character, is dating a, a therapist, and. Do you remember that character, Emily, the the therapist? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, so he has some very strong feelings about this group of friends' codependency. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I think Barney's protection of Lillian Marshall begs the question, did Barney think that he owned his first girlfriend? Or does he think that all couples own each other and and are responsible and responsive to each other? Um, mm-hmm. Because to me, that really changes whether it's a feminist issue or maybe just someone who has sort of an unusual idea of what makes a relationship healthy. Yeah. So so Barney um, has, uh, you know, his, the whole the, his whole life has been dealing with uh, abandonment issues due to his absent father. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to, to con- uh, control as, as many, as many of these things, these variables in his life, I think as he can. Um, and so, you know, it's, we're, you know, it's, it's, we're dealing with talking about, you know, issues of feminism. We're also talking about, you know, like men- mental health things, um, a whole, a whole crock pot of, of, um, things that put stress on relationships. Yeah. I'm starting to think. We should maybe call this episode Barney Stinson on feminism question mark um, <laughs> because I'm not sure that's actually the topic we're discussing at all. We're just discussing his character and his personhood and whether or not we think it's good or not, whether or not we like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll get some listener mail on <laughs> whether we appropriately chose whether we appropriately chose a topic um yeah feel free to send us rex y'all <laughs> well you know and and no matter how you feel about that you can't really you can't really deny the fact that he is an extremely entertaining and engaging character 
<laughs> he goes yeah. through all these follies and it's just it's like a car accident. You can't look away. Well, we were teenagers when this show was really popular. Yeah. Um, and I remember a lot of the boys my age really genuinely looked up to Barney. They they treated him like an idol and they mm-hmm. knew that a lot of what he was doing was scummy, but they didn't care because it seemed like something worth doing. Um, right. You know, yeah. he's, he's rich and he's well-dressed and he is never lonely. And um, yeah. And, and so I have questions about his role as an idol and as a, a figurehead for people of our generation. Do you yeah. remember feeling any of that stuff toward him? Oh, or, I absolutely do. Yeah, 100%. I mean... Oh, s- still do? No, no, I no, I, I not that I still do, but when I was younger... Well, that's kind of a relief, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, he was the, you know, he was the, the poster child of, of cool, you know, for yeah. for me at that time in my life. Um. You know, I'm I'm glad I've had opportunities to reflect on that and and and, and change, grow and change. Um, but yeah, I can certainly say that that I wanted to be like Barney when I was younger. I'm glad that you haven't <laughs> For better established or your entire life yeah. around the concept of vengeance. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's 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 an interesting thing that and uh, you know, yeah, it's. It really kind of teaches an interesting message. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of Barney's other relationships. At one point, he gets engaged. Actually, at several points, he gets engaged. But his first engagement is to a stripper named Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. He meets her in the strip club, and she kind of plays him and essentially says, yeah, I'm so in love with you, but my boss is over there watching, so I guess you're going to have to pay me, and does that over and over and over, and eventually he's like, yo, are you into me or not? Because Thousands of dollars later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that it hurts him in the pocketbook at all, but... Hey, gorgeous, you want to dance? Is it a jig? Because if so, it's up. Sorry, I only had the last verse of Hot for Teacher to work on that. What was that? You laid exactly the same line on that guy that you did on me. Sweetie, that is just something I say to these gullible losers here. They fall for it every time. (laughs) Bunch of losers. Mm. Gosh, manager again. He's looking at me like, Karma, why aren't you booking more time in the champagne room? Well, we'll show him. No, no, you're playing me again. And you're not even trying hard. There's no manager there. You're pointing at a fern. Um, yeah. So he's kind of been played for a while, and they end up developing this relationship. Um, and it, it continues until they decide to create prenups. And their prenups include really specific um, and pretty selfish arrangements. So some of it is sexual, some of it is related to uh, maintenance of their bodies. I think he, oh, he yeah. <laughs> includes some clauses about what cosmetic surgeries Quinn will have done and how frequently. Um, yes, yes. Things like that. there's a weight limit in there. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of really, really out there stuff. And she responds by creating her own equally ridiculous prenup <laughs> until they both have thousands of pages stacked on the yes. table and they go, we can't do this, can we? You slept with half the women in New York. I'm the one who needs a prenup. You duped me out of thousands of dollars. I'm the one who needs a prenup. I just thought of some more stuff to I'm have. not half finished. <laughs> Let's dive in. Barney, do you trust me? No. You trust me? No. So, what are your takeaways from Barney's relationship with Quinn? Yeah, so it's really interesting because we have a bit of a role reversal there, right? And Barney's kind of the one getting played. Their their whole relationship is kind of built on this shaky foundation. Um and uh it you know, it it doesn't it doesn't work out uh the way that that Barney probably wants it to. And um, you could maybe say that that was telegraphed from the very beginning. Um, And, but, but that is, that is uh, maybe one of the first times where you see Barney really kind of commit to something, you know, even though he puts these ridiculous expectations on, on his partner, but he, he really kind of throws himself in and you see him very uh, devoted to making it work. In his in his okay, own so, kind of way. Yes. So a pro for commitment, but a con for the entire rest of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Is that where we are on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the aspects of their relationship that I'd like to talk about is the idea that Quinn is a is a sex worker and leaves her role so that Barney is comfortable in their relationship. So let's talk a little bit about that um, as a red flag activity or a red flag decision. Um, I, you know, I, if I, as long as, as long as the people involved in that relationship are, are willing to communicate openly about, uh, about their feelings and, and, and everything that's going on with that. No, I, I don't see any problems with that. Um, and you know, it's... well, I think she does quit her job for the sake of the relationship, and I do mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's one thing if you decide you want to leave your career field, but to me, it's a big red flag if you feel like you need to change careers for the health of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not an instance of burnout. She's not going. Gosh, I'm coming home so tired every night that I don't feel like I have anything left to give in my relationship. Uh, she's yeah, going, right. no, my partner is uncomfortable with me continuing as a stripper, so I quit. Um, and to to me, that's concerning. Uh, yeah, so so Barney um, just exhibiting this trait of possessiveness in, in his relationship put this pressure on on Quinn. Um, and yeah, you, you, you never want to see somebody uh, give up something that they love doing. Um, you know, because what's that going to do to the relationship? You're going to leave. You're going to be left with somebody that's unhappy because they can't do what they're passionate about, and so now that person's not going to be able to uh, to to give a hundred percent to the relationship. You know, you have to keep your you have to keep your your bucket filled, as it were. Okay, Owen, what's Barney's next relationship like? 
Yeah, so you see Barney um, get introduced to this woman, Nora, who uh, Robin knows from work. And Barney and Nora hit it off. Um, Nora is not the type of person that Barney would typically go for. Um, she has a, 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 she's very successful and she's very smart and, uh, and, uh, you know, calls Barney out on all his shenanigans, doesn't put up with, with any of his, um, you know, any of his toxic behaviors. Um, and so what happens is, you know, they form this relationship, um, but Barney maybe out of some feelings of, um, well, I don't know, but he, he, he and Robin um, uh, end up rekindling their feelings for each other and agree that they're going to end their current relationship so that they can get back together. Um, and so Barney and Nora break up, um, and Robin and Kevin do not break up, and Barney is crushed when he finds out that Robin has decided to choose Kevin over him. Yeah. Um. Nora is really unlike other people that Barney dates. Yeah, right? She does not put up with any of his nonsense. Absolutely not. Um, and they, she, she almost completely kicks him to the curb at, you know, uh, when they're, uh, you know, kind of starting to, to feel interested in each other because uh, he, oh, I don't remember exactly what happens, but they have a long conversation about all the times Barney has has duped a woman for purposes of of uh, physical intimacy, and so Nora is just completely grossed out, and uh, Barney really has to work very hard to convince her that she should be with him. And that concludes all the space-related lies. Let's move on to the world of sports. Oh wait, sorry. I just thought of another space one. I've been bitten by a moon snake. You need to suck all the space poison out of my... Okay, Barney, I, I have to be at work tomorrow at 8, which means I have just about enough time to sit in the shower for 11 hours hugging myself. So this was fun. Can I call you, or...? Barney, you're funny, handsome, and really quite clever. But you're also a sociopath. Well, I count three pros and one con, so... <laughs> How do you still think you have a chance of me? Because you sat here all night. You could have left right away, but you didn't. Barney, ultimately, is a trickster. He takes so much pride and so much genuine joy um, from the game of chasing women and tricking them and, you know, coercing them rather than just forming a connection and a bond with someone. Oh, yeah. That he has an entire book called The Playbook, and the playbook is all of the different scummy ways that he's convinced women or tried to convince women. They're essentially all of his plots to catch women. Um, and that that feels like a red flag for feminism, right? Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, I would certainly say so. So Robin gives Barney an ultimatum um, and says, you need to destroy the playbook or else I'm not going to marry you. Uh, Barney lies to her, tells her that he has gotten rid of it, um, but we find out later that he uh, he did not, and he still has the uh, copy of the playbook. Um, and um, so the, the thing that's interesting about that is that it's, like we were saying earlier, it's kind of presented by the show as something that's, that's kind of cool and like might be something that 
that a younger audience members, specifically male audience members, um, you know, uh, well, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, they don't really, they don't really talk about it as something that is very problematic. Well, and I actually remember during that time period when the show was running, things like the playbook and the bro code were popping up in gift stores and, Uh and things like that. Um, so they, it was a real merchandising opportunity for Mm -hmm. the, the creators of the show. Yeah. Hey, uh, going back a little bit, um, what do you think about Nora's decision to, to give Barney a chance and to start a relationship with him after she saw all these red flags that he laid out in front of her? I have questions about Nora's decision. And mm-hmm. here's why. She does give Barney a chance. She does see a lot of red flags. In my mind, she hasn't known Barney for very long when she makes this decision. And on the one hand, dating someone is relatively low risk at the beginning, right? She's not saying, yes, I'll move in with you or I'm going to marry you now. She's saying, you know what, let's give it a shot. And as long as your first several dates are in a public place with a reasonable amount of, you know, supervision, so to speak, (laughs) um, I think that's a relatively low-risk decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's also worth noting that she is a a relatively high-powered woman in the world. She has her act together. Like, Yeah, she's very independent. Yeah, and... So it's a little baffling to me that that she makes that choice, I think, um, because it does seem out of character for her. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, and I, I think it would be different also if she'd known him for a long time and seen personal growth or seen indications that he was changing these patterns and behaviors. Um, what I think she does recognize, if I remember correctly, is that he, in confessing all of the things that he has done, he's not, he, he phrases it like he's trying to connect with her. And he says, I just want you to know so that I'm clear and out in the open. But really, it's a distancing technique. He knows this is not something women are going to respond to well. And he is concerned by how vulnerable he feels around Nora. Um, and so he, he does this to to say, hey, I want to let you know all the scummy stuff I've done, and you shouldn't be with me. Hmm. In general, as dating advice, (laughs) I think that we should believe what our partners tell us. If they tell us that they are bad, we should believe that. Um, And if they tell us that they are good, we should believe that. And there is a grain of salt there. It's important to know that people's self-perceptions aren't always accurate. And it's important to know that sometimes people say things so that they receive pity or affirmation or whatever they're looking for. But if someone is telling you repeatedly that something about them is true, it's it's worth thinking about whether their claim has merit. Generally... For instance, I don't walk through the world saying that I'm a liar because I don't really lie. That's not really a part of how... Sometimes I'm wrong about stuff. Sometimes I learn that what I thought was true was not. But in general, I don't walk through the world lying to people 
And so I, I'm not going to say, well, you shouldn't trust me because I'm a liar. And I'm especially not going to say that a whole lot of times in a row, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so generally, if someone says, hey, I want to let you know that I treat women badly. Like, I would not choose to date that person. And it surprises me that Nora does. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think there is another side to the coin. Um just to, you know, play a little devil's advocate here. Um, you know, Barney has this history of being a very scummy person, uh, very dishonest, constantly lying. Um, but you do see that he wants to escape that part of himself and, and forge a new path. Um, and, you know, in order for him to do that, he has to be honest. He has to own up to these things that he's done. And he needs someone to accept him for that. That's kind of a a, a crucial piece. I think it's worth noting that Barney's relationship with Nora marks the beginning of his transition back to Robin. So earlier in the show, Barney and Robin dated for a while. Robin, of course, is the primary love interest of the show and um, Ted's once and future wife, essentially. (laughs) Um, And... They date and ultimately break up because they discover that they make each other worse. They get really out of shape and don't have high standards for themselves and find that they are not living lives that they're proud of while they're together. So they break up. Barney goes and dates Nora. Robin dates Kevin. Um, And ultimately, Robin seeing Nora with Barney helps her transition back to Barney um, and have presumably a healthier relationship, although we don't see too much of it after that point. Um, yeah. But u- ultimately... Well, you know, uh, well, actually, um, you know, uh, we, well, I, I would say that we see uh, enough to, to make the conclusion that they do kind of fall back into those old patterns. Um, you see them a couple years into their marriage and they're traveling together. Robin's a, a reporter, you know, going on uh, these trips ar- around the world. Um, and Barney, um, well, they, they encounter a problem where, you know, Barney is unhappy that that they don't get to spend enough time together. Uh, and Robin is unhappy because she can't focus on the work she needs to be doing. Um, and so, you know, they, and, and, and at that point too, I think you see them kind of drawing out uh, I, w- I don't know if I'd want to say a, a, a negative traits. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and one yeah. one thing I'm I'm think I'm thinking is like, are we? I, a lot of the things I, that we're saying maybe sound like we're trying to get like Barney canceled, or you know, which. Uh, I don't think I. I don't think I see a need for Barney to no longer exist. I mean, I I see a need for Barney to no longer exist in our culture, but I I don't think I see a need for Barney to be removed from our culture's history. So we introduced this as an issue of feminism. Do we want to specifically address our change to the ick factor? Should we leave that snippet in? Because we've Ooh. throughout the episode we've been going. So, do we think this is an issue of feminism? Do we think it's? And none of them are issues of feminism. They just are. The, like, yeah, just factor. issues. Yeah, of Barney being gross and taking advantage of people. Yeah, 
Barney Stinson ick factor. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we really started out kind of tackling this from a feminist perspective, but, you know, if, if you really get down to brass tacks, he's he's really treating all kinds of people horribly. He doesn't discriminate yeah, on does the kind of people he burns. In other words, Barney Stinson, absolute feminist, equality <laughs> between the sexes. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I think it's worth noting we didn't end up tackling this from a feminist perspective at all. Like we have not discussed feminist theory effectively <laughs> at all. <laughs> We've <laughs> just been talking about whether we think what he's doing is gross or not. <laughs> yeah. So that's not feminism for the record. We know that's not feminism. <laughs> we just didn't know how, how far this conversation would devolve. Well, so here's something, I mean, how about, you know, well, I mean, we're talking about like misogyny. Like Barney only sees women as as sex objects, for the for the most part. Yeah. And there are these key Agreed. characters that come into his life that kind of steer him away from that. But that's that's yeah. the the that's the the feminist problem to me. I think the, I, well, I think the feminist problem could also be that his friends enable his misogyny. Mm hmm. Right. Like if we're talking about what the issue, biggest issue for feminists might be that, I don't know. No, don't you're, know. you're absolutely that's... right. I mean, like, I, I think Ted is probably the, the worst. Uh, uh, enabler. Yes. Enabler. Um, because uh, as much as Ted would probably like to deny it, um, there are several scenes where you see them. Uh, happily discussing oh that girl's boobs over there and and things of that nature yeah and i think marshall participates i think robin participates heavily like Mm -hmm. misogyny is not limited to male participants women can be misogynists still um and at times lily participates Mm -hmm. nora actually i think is one of few people who really doesn't participate yeah. Quinn's like all in. <laughs> yeah, Quinn you could probably say is a misogynist herself. Yeah, well, and I I think I mean, if we want to talk about some of the bigger problems in the show, women really fail to support women throughout the series. Yeah. There are some female friendships, um but there are a lot of women making fun of other women. Uh, one episode that comes to mind is the episode on Woo Girls. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. There's a real rift in uh, Robin and, and Lily's friendship in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God! Hey, at school, she's so quiet and normal. I had no idea she's she's a Woo girl. <laughs> What's a Woo girl? Let me explain. A woo girl is a type of young woman who, like the cuckoo bird of the whippoorwill, gets her name from the signature sound she makes. Now, a woo can be elicited in many different ways. From a certain song coming on the jukebox. Oh my God, this song is totally about me. To half-price shots. From a ride on a mechanical bull. Well, pretty much anything. Oh my god. I was worried that I didn't feed the cat, but then I remembered that I did. 
I swear, at school, Jillian seems so unwooey. Yeah, she doesn't look wooish. Maybe she only observes the high holidays, like Mardi Gras and spring break. Maybe she's just a cultural woo. Yeah, and all of that from a, if we were discussing this, if we're discussing this from a feminist perspective, all of that is really troubling. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I is think it that's... in How I Met Your Mother where they talk about how if you like someone, what they're doing is not creepy, but if you don't like someone, what they're doing is creepy? I think uh, that might be from this show. Oh, I don't remember. Talk more about that. Okay, so there are a series of fake scientific analyses of relationships that, that are used throughout the show. Um, and one of them, <laughs> I think, I, gosh, I, I'll try to find a soundbite that we can include if, if it is from the show. So the basic premise is that if you like someone and they're doing creepy stalkerish things, you're probably going to see it as cute. But if you don't like them or just are indifferent to them, if you are not attracted to them, then you're probably going to see what they're doing as creepy and stalkerish and red flag material. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's happening with Barney and Robin. There is a real attraction there and that's nice. But um, yeah, it's kind of the, the impetus for all, all these, you know, acceptance of all these crazy behaviors. Yeah. For sure. So here's the story of Barney and Robin's proposal. If you haven't seen the show and you're not planning and, and you're into this spoiler, here we go. <laughs> Robin has a colleague at work who she hates, and her name is Patrice. Patrice is sunny and bubbly and super positive and loves Robin. Not in a romantic way. She's just really, really supportive of Robin. She thinks the sun shines out of her every orifice. Um, <laughs> she is also analogy. not traditionally attractive uh, by the standards of the show. Like, they... They reference weight a lot. They reference figures and attire and all kinds of stuff. Um, and Patrice doesn't meet any of those standards. But Barney strikes up a fake relationship with Patrice. He and Patrice know that this is ultimately a proposal for Robin, but Robin does not and is absolutely devastated. She's super upset, loses her temper repeatedly with Patrice. At, at the end of... Barney's fake relationship, he tells Robin that he's going to propose to Patrice. Um, he gives some cues to Ted uh, and essentially subtly asks for his blessing and meets Robin mm -hmm. on the rooftop where he has the last page of the playbook that he's claimed to have destroyed. And his final play is his proposal to Robin. Seriously, Barney? Even you, even someone as certifiably insane as you must realize that this is too far. You lied to me, manipulated me for weeks. Do you really think I could ever kiss you after that? Do you really think I could ever trust you after that? This, this is proof of why we don't work, why we'll never work. So thank you. You've set me free because how could I be with a man who thinks that this trick, this enormous lie could ever make me want to date him again? Turn it over. 
Robin Sherbatsky. Will you marry me? So he's been lying to her for months at this point and mm-hmm. lied about every aspect of the evening. And when she gets up on the rooftop with him, he asks her to marry him. To which she uh, hesitates at first, but ultimately says yes. And uh, and so, yeah, there, you know, and and Robin was not the only one that was duped in this whole scenario. You know, uh, Barney kind of subtly tricked his best his best friend, Ted into um kind of unknowingly giving his blessing and and so um and you know in in any any other kind of if uh situation you know this is kind of stuff that would be burning bridges of relationships that that uh you know somebody might cherish yeah you mean if it weren't a fictional tv show (laughs) that is exactly what i mean yeah um yeah i'm absolutely with you Bar- Barney just has this uh, compulsive need to deceive people, or he thinks it's impressive to come up with these elaborate schemes, or or I don't know. But um, I mean, Barney how, strikes only... me as that kid in class who was always acting up because he was bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a, a very smart, very intelligent guy. Um. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think he just needs something to keep him engaged. For the record, that does not excuse him. Like, <laughs> this is not an issue of him being bored and limited. He's not stuck in a classroom where he has very few options and has to do what his teacher says. And so he's acting out. He has literally the entire world. And instead of finding a suitable challenge, he he has chosen to invest his time um, duping women. Yes. So, I mean, he sets himself, himself, he sets himself all kinds of challenges, worth noting. Um, and as I was <laughs> prepping for this episode, one of the things that I stumbled upon was a, a list of all of the challenges that he accepted. Barney's catchphrase through the series is challenge accepted <laughs> or one of his catchphrases. Yes, yes. Um, in my memory, as I thought about the show, I thought most of the challenges were challenges of seduction or sexual challenges. Mm. Um, and many of them are. But there also are plenty that aren't. So, yeah, yeah, like, for instance, um, he has a bunch of challenges that are sexual. He wants to sleep with a teacher of Marshall's. He wants to hook up with young women while he's dressed as an old man. Um, <laughs> but he also wants to do some things like break other people up. Uh, one is cheering up Robin, which is cute. One is Mm -hmm. doing a split in midair, um, (laughs) all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. So it's not always, yeah, it's not always sexual stuff or seduction stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I, I wonder if that comes from Barney just having this, such a, such a sense of a strong sense of self-importance, you know, and does he just think he's so much better than 
than those people around him that he just has to I mean, because you, you see all the time in the show, he's kind of disengaged in the conversation that they're happening, they're, they're having and, you know, not really, not really being a, a part of, of, um, things that they're doing. Yeah. He redirects a lot of conversations to himself, which yeah. like, ick, ick factor for me, <laughs> that's that is a big high. Ick factor. That's yeah. <laughs> in real life or on TV. That is unappealing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the challenges that he chooses are pretty demeaning. Uh, so one of them is that he wants to get a girl's number while he's in a garbage bag without using the letter E. Um, <laughs> and it's hard to imagine that he's deeply respectful of the women that he's trying to to win this challenge with. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's under the impression that their intelligence is uh, low. Yeah, and he may be right. I I don't know. But um that that he's confident enough to think that yeah. he can find someone on any given evening with these parameters is a red flag. Um but he also I mean it's pretty dismissive of his friends. So they're hanging out and working through each other's lives and problems together and he's setting himself these challenges. Um <laughs> And you're right, just disengaging from the actual connection between himself and his friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really interesting to uh, watch this show and kind of make comparisons between this group of friends and uh, my own life. And, and, you know, because you see Barney just not really willing to invest in a meaningful way a lot of the times you know of, of course there there are the times where where he does um but uh you know i've i've done had to do a lot of serious reflecting in my own life about you know um how am i cultivating the relationships in in my life and and, and nurturing that because um you know i don't i don't want to end, end up like uh well I, I i i shouldn't say somebody like barney because he his his friends stick with him but in in a, a real world situation, you know, if you treat somebody like that, they're not going to stick around. Um, yeah. And so it's that's something I've had to do a, a lot of re- reflecting about for sure. Yeah. Well, and as a friend of yours, I am grateful, and <laughs> I I think for the record that we all go through things like that, and having friends who are really intentional about the friendships that they're engaging in is a real gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think, you know, we've gone on a heck of a bird walk <laughs> through this episode. Um, yeah. So it it leaves me with one real question, which is what, if you had to give Barney Stinson one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be ultimately? Oh, boy. Um, I, I, I really, I like Barney as a character. Um, for as, as flawed as he is, he really does has, have some really beautiful moments, um, of, of, uh, a devotion. Um, and so I think my piece of advice for him would be to, um, not be afraid to be him himself. And the himself that I'm talking about is, um, you know, kind of, or the the way I see it is that his his true self is someone that that really does care care very deeply, 
Um, but I think that maybe there are some social pressures that are kind of pushing him to behave in this very manly way because that's what's expected of him. And so, yeah, so my advice would be to just say, you know, hey, hey, Barney, um, you are an awesome dude without all this and just embrace it. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Yeah, I think that's really good advice and probably advice that all of us could use. So, Emily, I'd, I'd love to hear what your piece of advice was. And then I have one more uh, uh, kind of a conclusion-esque question for you um, afterwards. I think my piece of advice for Barney is probably to practice some empathy. I find that that's often my piece of advice at the end of episodes. But ultimately, I, I think that he needs to treat other people as though he expects them to be as complex as himself. And I think he's failing at that at this mm-hmm. junction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I actually, I, I thought about it. I decided I'm not going to ask the follow-up question because it, it was, I was going to say, um, you know, if, uh, or, or ask, what do you think Neil Patrick Harris, the person feels about, about these uh, characteristics about this character that that he played, but I don't think we should be making assumptions about about how he feels. So, I have no idea how Neil Patrick Harris feels, but I vote that we write to him and ask. Ooh, yes, great idea for a follow up. <laughs> yeah. So Next maybe episode, after we publish guest, this episode, special guests. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I hope he knows that we have no budget. Years from now, when we make it big and start garnering national a- attention, he'll he'll hear yeah. this podcast. Hi there. This is Robbie Rutherford, audio engineer here at Salty Pup. As I was going through this episode, part of my job is fact-checking, and we noticed some factual errors. For instance... Nora actually came before Quinn, not after. Especially when we were working with extensive source material, like nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother, it can be hard to keep facts straight. If you would like to share any corrections in this or any episode, please feel free to reach out to us at unsolicitedhosts at gmail.com or visit our website, saltypupproductions.squarespace.com where you can also suggest topics and learn more about our team. If you are enjoying the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. It really helps us grow. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Unsolicited is a Salty Pup production. Music by Tristan Hurst. Publicity by Allison Biggie. Audio engineering by Robbie Rutherford. And art by Erica Peterson. Thanks also to my co-host, Owen Evans. My name is Emily Blake. Thanks for listening.